0: The last Friday of the Fringe, you guys are very off-piste for the last Friday on it's usually it's just a bunch of drunk British lads who showed up to remind me that I was bullied as a youth but instead a lot of <laughs> smiley glassing wearing people a nice couple in the corner nervously smiling like you're my parents unsure if my career choice was correct uh, I take it the show is, is yet to begin we're just sort of easing into it so to explain for you guys it's a totally improvised uh, podcast it will start being released in uh, in September you guys will definitely uh, be a part of it I also just got to say I really enjoyed the skittishness of you guys coming in because every single one of you avoided these three seats and instead crammed into each other like you guys could have leg room but instead no if you're here I can't I can see you but over there impossible to make you out like it's a bit of a risk but I am going to ask what is your name mysterious person in the shadows of me to the right Iona, Iona? it's a beautiful name and where are you from Iona um, New Reading. Interesting. What is near Reading? London. You're from London. Exactly. What? Gately? Gately? Oh, a thousand apologies. <laughs> and what is Yately? It's a little town. It's a little town? There's nothing there? Apart from a KFC. Apart from a KFC? Sounds like a really weird place. Because <laughs> you need something to get you to KFC, like alcohol, someone breaking up with you, someone daring you to eat at KFC. <laughs> I, uh, I live by a KFC when I'm here in Edinburgh, and it is the grimmest place in the entire world because you'll walk by it around midnight, and you can always see whose shows have gone badly because they'll be quietly eating far too much chicken by themselves, <laughs> just making a face as if they no one, no one know me, no one know me, no one know me. My friend Brendan Burns went there once, and he had a real rough show, and he bought a 20-piece bucket and started eating it and he called me halfway through and he said, you have to come eat some chicken or I'm going to eat all of this and I think I'll divorce my wife if I do. Which was a grim but beautiful phone call. Um, now, who has just arrived from the French by show of hands? Who's just arrived here? When did you get here? This afternoon. This afternoon. Yeah. From where? Uh, Newcastle. Newcastle. Really? Yeah. You're a chipper, clean man and usually no- Newcastle people are covered in mud. I wasn't born there. So yeah. All right, ease it up. Uh, where, where were you born? Lester. Lester. Wow, out of the frying pat and pan. How was the show? The comedian had a stroke when he tried to say pan, and he said frying pan, and we killed him. Uh, and what are you doing in Newcastle, University?
1: Uh, no, I work in you, marketing.
0: You work in marketing. You said that like someone was about to stab you in the back. You're, you're a very cherub-looking young man, clean-cut behind the ears. How old are you? 25. That's disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> and when I was 25, it was cool, but now I'm 32, and you people are gross born in the 90s can you believe it sir no it doesn't make any sense people are born in the 80s and then we should have stopped fucking <laughs> margaret thatcher was a lesson to us all we should have put on condoms and thought we're done <laughs> but instead we're still making people like how old are you miss for fuck's sake <laughs> you were born after 9-11 what were your parents thinking <laughs> saw those taro- towers fall they hate america so much they made someone what is your name it's probably Liberty. Susie, that means liberty in Italian. Did you know that? Did you know that? It no, it doesn't. It was a lie, but you'll go far, Susie, and you already have that beautiful teenage energy. That's not what it means. Fuck you. No, fuck you, Susie. I, I, I have money relatively to you. Do you have money? Uh, some. So, how? Are you a runaway, Susie? <laughs> You're at, how old are you again? You're 16 in university. That's weird, right? Are you one of them geniuses, Susie? She is. Yes. Who? Who are you? Her PR agent? What a, you were for her? Oh, okay. Her, her sister or a sister? Older sister. All right, Susie. Let me ask you a question. Please tell me that you're starting university at 16, but you're doing something like drama or English literature holy fuck you are going to rule this planet you are the Elon Musk of the next century I, am, I take everything back your parents were right they saw 9-11 happen and thought we need to create a super genius and, how, and I assume you're the older sister? I'm older, yeah, yeah how old are you? Uh, and I assume you're a doctor now <laughs> and what are you studying? Uh, I actually just got down. yeah you did <laughs> Fuck yeah. Mom and dad have someone who will achieve. Let's go to a music festival and do angel dust. Now, don't shake your heads. Good for you. And do you guys have any sort of jealousy between the two of you? No. Oh, shit. Let's get into the Jeremy Kyle position now. It's totally fine if you do. I have a brother. He's 14, and I'm jealous of his youth and also of the fact that my dad still pays for everything, because he has to, I'm 32, if I ask my dad for money, he'll go, why? And I'll be like, candy? And he'll be like, no, fuck you. (laughs) Um, So you're 19, you just dropped out. What what were you studying? Midwifery. Midwifery? You made a great choice. (laughs) I don't want to be rude to anyone here who is a midwife but we have hospitals for a reason. Those people are trained professionals. I, uh, I was all for like, a natural birth. I thought that was an amazing sort of process. And then my friend John, uh, he's, a, he's a bit of a hippie. He's like a hippie slash like a brilliant writer. So he's like one of those hippies. Like he's, I'm a hippie, but I pay my credit cards on time, but I smoke weed in the house that I own. And <laughs> weed is the thing that you haven't done, which has allowed you to go to university at 16. Now, fuck you for not laughing at that. That was very funny and it's what we were all thinking and I don't appreciate your judgment and a few of you going, I smoked weed and I could have gone to university at 16. Really? Now, he, uh, he has a baby, a beautiful, beautiful girl whose name is, oh no, what is her name? Oh, fuck. It's something like Chazabubu. It's a hippie name. Starflower, seagull, anyway So they were going to have a midwife come And there, were, there was some possible complications with the birth And John lives in, in Los Angeles Now, in America, I don't know if you guys know this But they don't have healthcare like the NHS Where here it's like, what's wrong with you? I'm feeling tired, come on in Take some pills, have a rest You might have to wait a little bit. By the way, a lot of you are British and you criticize the NHS. Go and use health services in any other country and you will come here and be like, this is the greatest shit I've ever fucking... Do you understand that I don't have an NHS number and I had a dental issue and I walked in and I was expecting, well, there are all my savings and I'm going to be in credit card debt for the next 10 years because I don't know if you guys know about this, but you need your mouth for everything. (laughs) Even to tell someone there's something wrong with my mouth, you need to be able to say that. And I walked in, and he was like, oh, you don't have an NHS number? That's going to be uh, a, a charge. And I was like, okay, how much? And he's like, oh, it's uh, 50 pounds. <laughs> have you ever, I, did, I wanted to say fuck you, but it, with love, like fuck you, let's fuck, like I wanted to fuck the person, and I'm not, I'm not gay, but I would have fucked that man, <laughs> and still given him 50 pounds, that's how much, how elated I was. Um, and he fixed everything, and I thought it was like 50 pounds per visit, it was three bu- 50 pounds Covered the whole thing. In Canada, dental is not covered. Because in Canada, we have the winter, so you don't need teeth. (laughs) Not enough of you laughed at that for me to believe that all of you believe that. It's a weird thing being Canada, because we're right next to America, so you guys know things about America. And then Canada, we're kind of like... How do you describe it? We're not like New Zealand, because people are fascinated by New Zealand, because they're like, you guys talk funny and you know sharks. (laughs) Canada, we're like, if North America was take that... America's Gary Barlow, Mexico's Robbie Williams, and we're the guy who won't come back for the reunion that none of you can name. W- what's his name? Fucking exactly. Now. And in Canada, you you have no dental coverage. I had a dental problem in, in Canada. Yeah, what happened? What, what was that? What? Mexico is definitely Robbie Williams. Yeah, exactly. It's a compliment to you and your people. Because he's the fun one, but also business-minded. Which, no, Robin Williams isn't dead. Williams? Oh no, Robin Williams. No. I would give so much money to see a take that concert starring Robin Williams. Just, just, just he's just dressed up like Mrs. Doubtfire. They're confused. I think I think our agent's drunk. He dialed the wrong phone number. Why are you doing this, Robin? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I remember when Robin Williams died. He died during the Edinburgh... Yeah, shut the fuck up! He, uh... (laughs) oh, this is a very fringe moment right there. Okay, there's a, there's a really drunk ginger guy who came up to me. Now, when you're doing a free show, you have the ability to sort of pick your audience. I, I don't know if some of you walked by me as I was crouched in the hallway. Now, that serves two purposes. One, it guides you into the show. Two, I act as a little bit of a filter. So if someone shows up like that fucking Yahoo down there who's literally hugging a couple that he clearly does not know, <laughs> if, if one of them shows up, what I'll do is go, oh, where's John Hastings? And I'll go, oh, he's... uh. He's downstairs. (laughs) And they never ever figured out because they haven't looked at a flyer. They've just heard John Hastings. That is a battle. I'm sad we lost. John is a man. I'm sure this will be about how the French suck and then I don't need them here. And I had one show that was just me and five lads off a rig earlier in the year and earlier in the month, I don't know if you guys have ever tried to make five drunk Scottish dudes who just got off an oil rig laugh, but it is hard to get a word in end because they're too busy calling you a cunt and laughing at you. <laughs> I feel really bad saying that because you are 16. That said, you're in university, so you're going to hear a lot worse probably. Your university experience is going to be so different than my university experience. I was a drama student. So I was pretending to be a tree and you will be mapping a chemical that will create oxygen so we can live without trees because the world is fucked. Yes? Yeah, see? I'm getting on side with her. I'm getting a past one of those domes they're eventually going to build when Donald Trump shoots off a nuclear weapon, not even at North Korea, just to see what that red button did. So you are Mexican, is that correct? And do you still live in Mexico or you live here in Europe? Uh, I'll just
1: fix my master's.
0: Going back to Mexico. I have to say... Mexico has really weathered the Trump storm in a fucking amazing way. I don't know what, what your former president, what is his name? Uh,
1: former president
0: of former the former one. The former one who keeps showing up. That fucking guy. I <laughs> do not know where you found him or what he does now. But he literally, he just stands at the American-Mexican border and is like, "Hey, Trump, fuck you." <laughs> yeah, that's, that's,
1: that's Fox.
0: That's Fox. One, yeah. uh, that's a real. Is he? How far back does he go? Twelve, twelve years. Ago. Twelve years. Was he a good president? Twelve he was a stupid guy. That's even fucking better. So Mexico's Trump is chirping America's Trump. Ah, yeah. oh, yeah. fuck yeah. He's a better candidate than president. So He's what? He's a
1: better candidate than a president.
0: He's a better candidate than a president. That's a weird thing. As, cause how old are you? 32 or 32? 32. Here's the thing with, with Latin people, is they hit adulthood, and then they just age. They don't age with time. They just age into a different type of sexy. Like, they start sort of waif-like and confused, and then they just age into a guy who definitely owns a boat, but you don't know how. Like, I, I want to ask you nautical questions right now, and I feel like you'd be like, oh, I'm a starboard man? I don't think so. I'm not American, and... So, so Fox, and basically Fox gave a, he gave a TED talk right after Trump got elected and there were a bunch of questions and he kept referring to him as that man you made a mistake on. And it was so condescending and it was in California. And California has a very interesting relationship with Mexico because California is run by Mexican immigrants. I've been to California. Literally, if they build that wall, California will be eight people trying to sell a screenplay and one crying executive and that will be fucking it. It is absolutely ridiculous, by the way, that Mexico gets painted with this brush of being the illegal immigrants. You know what the number one country who provides illegal immigrants to America is? Let's see if you can guess what the country is. Here's a hint it's not Mexico, but it does share a border with America. It is Canada. Very good. You remembered. We are in Take That, but the version with Robin Williams. I now want to see that band more than anything. It would be very creepy if it's just his skeleton dancing, but still. Fuck you, that was very funny, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, yes, we, listen, he was a comedian, he'd be proud of it. We've started a lot of threads. So, Mexico does not provide the most amount of illegal immigrants to America, it's Canadians. It's Canadians who are going down to work and act and work in kitchens, and the reason why they don't bring it up is Canadians are predominantly white, and so we blend in, while well, Mexicans are a fun scapegoat, because I don't know if you guys know this, but Mexicans ran the banks up until 2008 and caused the financial crash. Oh, wait no they fucking didn't it wasn't their fucking fault at all fuck you he laughed the rest of you stop judging me Um, so Robin Williams died when he died he died during the Edinburgh Festival in 2014 now I don't know if you guys know this about comedians but we are need machines what knowledge is to you admiration and pity is to the comedian we are like clowns only even weirder mimes looked down upon us because they at least had to go to school we just showed up at a bar and a man on cocaine went yeah go talk about your dick that's actually how i started by the way his name was jimbo he had one one of the worst wigs i've ever seen in my entire life because he had curly hair but his wig was straight so it, it, it was fucking bizarre. it would be like sir if you if the top of your head with Oh, real good examples my hair, basically. Imagine we combine those two things and slightly different shades. He was always in a turtleneck, sort of a canary, sort of yellow, brown blazer. Like, he looked like Hugh Hefner in the 50s. Like, he was a jazz flute away from just suggesting an orgy at any minute. And I showed up at his club, and I wanted to perform stand-up comedy. My girlfriend at the time had told me it was a way to perform. And I walked in. Now, you're 16 years old. I assume you haven't been around a lot of drugs. But you'll be going. Are you, where are you going to university? I it's just outside Edinburgh. All right, it's in Scotland. You will experience some drug users. Here's how you can tell someone's on cocaine. They're sniffing a lot, and they're talking with confidence about things that make no fucking sense, and they think you're really into it. So I walked up to him and said, can I go on tonight? And he went, oh, the beer order's late. Do you own a truck? And I said, no. And he went, all right, you can still go on stage. And that's how I became a comedian. Thank you for taking your jacket off now. That's a very nice sign of that you are staying. It's always a weird thing. I, I get it all the time. Because how are you still? Wearing? I want to be. I just want to disrobe and I be want sitting to be on. That's how you can tell you're not from Newcastle. Because a majority would have ripped that jacket off, <laughs> necked that beer, yelled United, and thrown it at my face. <laughs> uh, so Robin Williams died at the festival, and the minute he died, I was with a girlfriend at the time, and I said to her, "I guarantee, three people are going to tell us about how they almost pulled their shows." because of how big of an influence Robin Williams was on all of them. And the second guy we ran into was an American guy who knew Robin Williams. He was from the Bay Area. He knew him, and he was really despondent and very sad. It was a very sad moment. He was... Robin Williams is the dream of any comedian. He is some someone that transcended comedy, went into dramatic movies, then became an amazing producer. Uh, Bobcat Goldthwait's an amazing director. Check him out. And he's the guy in the Police Academy movies who talks like this! He went on to be a really cool director. He made a movie uh, about a another comedian Barry Kerman's called Call Me Lucky. We'll get to jokes in a second. And... <laughs> And so check out his stuff and, and Robin Williams is the person that paid for all of his movies and he's a sponsor of the arts. He's amazing. It's a dream for every comedian to have a career like that. And, and Eddie knew him and Eddie was really, really despondent and he was on the verge of tears and he's like, I don't know what to do, man. Should I pull my show? And I was like, buddy, it's totally up to you. If you need anything, let me know. And he said, I'm going to go buy some cake. And I was like, "How?" When you say "some," what do you mean? He's like, "Not a whole cake, but if they sell half a cake, I'm going to eat that by a bin." And I was like, "Well, that's very funny. You should open with that." And he's like, "You know what? Feel a little bit better." Then the third person I ran into walked up to me and went, "I just saw Eddie Pepitone, and he was so sad I might cancel my show." <laughs> and he didn't say that like a joke. He said that genuinely and sincerely. And right there, I was like, "I fucking hate my people sometimes." Like, what? What do you do for a living, Iona? Fuck yeah. <laughs> We got quitter's row right here. We got we got entertainers, the future, who knows? Let's see, so what was your job?
1: Um, I was
0: admin. You can be going more deep. What do you mean by admin? Admin for the devil, the old right Did you work for Breitbart Magazine? Uh,
1: teaching
0: accountancy. Teaching accountants. You were just doing the admin for accountants. Isn't being an accountant mostly admin, so your job was basically bullshit? (laughs)
1: Like (laughs) they were tutoring accountants.
0: I live in fear every day of stories like that because I have an accountant because here's what my tax records would look like if I didn't. It would just be a a number I made up, handed to the government, and when they said prove it, I would say I can't. I'll just go to jail, and they would be like, yeah. Um, I have to pay taxes in three to four countries a year. If you guys think it's fun being a laissez-faire comedian, getting up at 11 o'clock in the morning and telling jokes, or just spinning stories while there are sirens and some people are uncomfortably sweating from parts of their body, they didn't know that was possible. It's not. You have to have intimate knowledge of tax law. I know Australian tax law. I don't give a fuck about Australia. If it falls into the ocean, I'll be like, well, I won't have to fucking live through another, you call that a knife joke from a guy at 3 o'clock in the morning. Also, by the way, if you're part of the West legalize gay marriage here's the thing with australia it's nice so you think they would be very liberal and then you get there and they're very right wing and you feel betrayed in the way that you would think Scotland would be a fascist paradise, because all of the architecture is overbearing, and it literally looks like it's made in black and white. But every single child could tell you the benefits of a socialistic society, and why working together for the benefit of their means is important, and why capitalism is eating itself. It's the beautiful duality. What I think is that every Australian should live in Scotland for 10 years, and every Scottish person should just get Australia, for no other reason that I would love to see you, Fox, in that warm of a place. Place, still stood inside drinking, going, oh, can you believe it? Turn up the air conditioning. <laughs> Paying a guy to stand on a hose so it would rain so you'd feel at home. Because I, sir, I, where are you from? Uh, Aberdeen. I fucking knew it. And now, because as soon as I said go to Australia, I saw you just go. Absolutely not. <laughs> been, been there, and uh, wh- uh, wh- not going back. What were you doing there? Uh, work. Yeah. I assume oil and gas. Yeah. yeah see. Uh, so what did you do to the speaker in that moment that was magical and what do you do in oil and gas I feel like you're a you're a suit recruitment manager recruitment manager oh you poor son of a bitch (laughs) yeah of course they do and like I I bet you it's something like cocaine which is only in your system for 24 hours yeah they know that they know that that's something I know A friend of mine was going to an army, he wanted to go to the army and they do a drug test when you go to get recruited and he partied really hard to get excited for it and he did a bunch of blow and they asked him, uh, have you taken any drugs? And he lied and they took the test and they're like, you took cocaine. That's out of your system in a maximum of 24 hours. Did you do cocaine right before you came here? And he was like, yeah, I did. And they were like, you cannot join the army. Get the fuck out of here. Um... What's the weirdest drug someone's tested positive for? I'm really hoping it's something like like birth control, but it was a dude. They don't pick up them. The they don't the pick up them. No. What are the ten things that they pick up on? Um, I don't, I don't, I don't need it for me. It's just friends of mine.
1: <laughs> Everything on the
0: scale. I, uh, night nurse. They pick up a night nurse. <laughs> it does pick up a night nurse. Like how? M- what's the biggest amount of night nurse you've ever seen in someone's system? Like they were just mostly night nurse. They were d- it's probably mine. It's the only drug I do. <laughs> And buddy, it is a banger, isn't it? That, let, let me tell you something. If you guys have a long flight, half a night towel and a glass of wine, that turns any flight into a blissful 25 minutes. You sit down, they go, would you? And then you wake up in your destination feeling refreshed while everyone's staring at you and you have a puddle of drool on your butt. Oh man, it is amazing. I, uh, I flew to Canada one Christmas and I was flying with my friend Bobby Merritt. Go check out his show. And our flight was delayed and I, I, it was my first time ever taking night and I'm a big guy. So I didn't take half, which is recommended. I took two, which is basically like paying someone to punch you in the face until you go unconscious. And the flight was an hour and a half late. And Bobby just started filming me. I don't really remember it. And he was basically, he's like, you were just sat in a chair and you would fall completely asleep and then wake up and go, we're not on the plane. Bobby, we are not on the plane. And then finally we got onto the plane and I just sat down, in a seat that was not mine and fell asleep and he was just like i think he's just there now and they were like yeah it's fine this happens a lot but yeah i don't i don't understand like as much i've partied in my time but i'm i'm 32 and i I like being older i also like like a beer before bed and that's it i don't i have friends that are in their 40s that are still partying i don't know how they do it because as you get to be an adult the morning is a fucking hoot you read the newspaper, you have a cup of coffee, you call your friends who are still asleep, already jogged, motherfucker, ha-ha, and you hang up the phone. It's fantastic. Like, you seem like a morning gentleman kind of guy who does nine holes of golf, piss-tests someone with a neck tattoo, and has lunch with his wife.
1: <laughs> far, really. I can tell, my man. I don't do 18 holes,
0: yeah. You don't do 18 holes? No, why would you do 18 holes? Nine holes is enough. I feel like golf was invented by Scottish people so English people would come up here and you could make fun of them. Like, I don't... Pardon me oh boy it's you can always spot a yank in this town because they're in all they're wearing a kilt, not their tartan then a different tartan shirt and then a ball cap walking around like they're the king of Edinburgh where are you from Boston but my great 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 grandfather's brother's roommate he once came to Glasgow I don't get it because being Canadian it's a very big thing that people wear kilts to a wedding and I did it before I I moved to Britain and met Scottish people and understood that it's sort of rude and disrespectful to wear your national garb if you're not from Scotland. It'd be like if one of you guys showed up in a lumberjack shirt and and corduroys with hiking boots holding a coffee at one o'clock in the morning and said A and I was like where are you from? Redding. Get the fuck off of that. That's blackface. How dare you? (laughs) not technically blackface it's more Canadian face Um, thank you very much for coming without your laugh I think this would just be a very weird TED talk now and what is your name brother man Stuart Stuart fuck of course it is kind of man who can't build a patio but fuck you'll drink on one and Stuart uh, your goodly wife's name ma'am what is her name Pamela Pamela and Stuart oh you should be on a postcard for Scotland And, uh, and Pamela what do you do for a living you were an accountant. You just did the uh, the person doing admin frustrated you so much you retired. <laughs> Way to go, Iona. <laughs> and uh, favorite number nine. No. 9 Didn't even need to think about it. Why is nine your favorite number? Seven is my favorite number because it seems mean. Oh, nine's good. It's, it's max. B- it's max
1: volume.
0: Max volume yeah. at nine? Yeah. What? What about? You have go, got to the top number. Don't act like you. D- <laughs> You are aware the rest of the world has 10, 11, 12. How fucking cute are you two that you didn't know your favorite number was the same and it is? Oh, I just got my period. This is fantastic. Oh, that is the sweetest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. Oh my God. If you guys have been married for 29 years, I'm going to commit suicide. Are you serious? Oh my word. Like, oh my god, you were the most Scottish people that you just told the sweetest thing, and you're both wrapped in pain. Ah, ah, sincerity. It's too much. It's too much. No. We're Scottish. We only have two emotions, calm or angry. <laughs> and um and how did you guys meet? Oh no. Oh yes. <laughs> S- Students. Students. You're just what were you studying? Business. Business. And how you're studying accounting? Yeah. And and who approached who? <laughs> I feel there's a there's a detail you're living out of this like <laughs> like your penis was out of the time. Or, yeah, you, we were in the low
1: level student
0: pub. Oh, oh. yeah, kitchen. you were. Yeah, the sticky floor. She was very sober. You, she was very sober. And I was, yeah you were brother and and let, let me make this romantic for you we were getting very drunk because you saw her walk in and you were so nervous and enraged by her beauty that you had to uh, just don't make a shaky face I'm trying to help you out brother I'm sure you have kids and your grandkids will want to one day hear the story and they want to hear it. well listen pop up was on the lash and now was sober and I figured she probably has keys to a house that's close by 29 years later and here we fucking are what I'm trying to say is use domes now
1: um
0: 29 years he was back for resets oh Pamela you fucking rule and may I also say you have that beautiful married couple dynamic you guys are clearly still in love you're very happy with each other but you will throw the other one under the bus and that was probably in vengeance for one time he left a sock in the garage somehow the year was 1983 Stuart you prick I don't know why it would have been 1983 you had not met in 1983 it was 83? Yeah. A this longer. is getting so spooky. Oh, yeah. <laughs> This is why I've been called the biggest threat to Darren Brown since Logic and Reason. Now, um, now Stuart, you have a very important task. You're going to read out today's title for the episode. And Pamela, your goodly wife, is going to tell you in what manner you're going to read out that title. If it's a funny accent, if you'll be doing an activity during it, if if something like that. You can do it eyes closed, whatever you like. So Pamela, think of a way you would like your goodly husband to read out the title for the episode. Have you thought of it? Yeah. Oh, quick. She has a plan. (laughs) And Stuart, please. Usually people use the thumb. I've never seen the two-finger method. (laughs) You're a very lucky lady.
1: <laughs>
0: and Pamela, how would you like Stuart to read out today's title? In
1: Italian. Ooh,
0: very can, nice. You don't say Gaelic. No. Can you speak Gaelic? No. That's why I don't say Gaelic. I can <laughs>
1: sing it. What the fuck? Okay, <laughs> yeah. yeah, you can sing it
0: in Gaelic. There you go. Sing it in, ga- in Gaelic. Sing, <laughs> sing the title in Gaelic and then say it in an Italian accent in English.
1: Does yelling cure most feelings? And one of many questions I have.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes. uh, all right, let me read. Yeah, ladies and gentlemen, it, everybody. <laughs> Does yelling cure most feelings? Is one of the many questions I have. Now, uh, these were all written by my girlfriend. This is a startling insight into our relationship, I was unaware of. <laughs> thought that would get a laugh. Most of you are very concerned for her safety. Now, uh, why she's written that is we're both from uh, families that are parents that are shouters. Who here is a, a parent? Just put up your hands. Boom. Really? Oh, no. Everyone has a parent. I don't do shows for orphans, actually. It's, it's a very weird rule I have. <laughs> I only perform for people that have at least one parent, loving or otherwise. If you're orphaned, you know what? You don't deserve to laugh. Thank you, this row, for taking that at the face value joke it was. You guys took that incredibly serious. You cruel bastard. Do, are they still called orphans? I'm gonna agree with the dropout and the man from Mexico. I made that sound oddly racist, and I didn't, that wasn't my intention. Um, so we both come from families where our parents yell. And uh, parents, please put up your hands again, so I didn't see. Parent, 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 parent. And, uh, and you miss, what is your name? Samantha. Samantha, now how old is your goodly child or children? Four. Four. So are you a shouty mom, or are you a calm mom? Uh, yeah, calm. calm. Now, is that your partner next to you? Yeah. Let's ask him. <laughs> Sir, what is your name? Philip now how brave are you Philip <laughs> so so let's fucking find out uh and would you say she's a calm parent or she's very calm parent no uh do you yell at the child? no you're a smart man because I see is it, is it your son or daughter as well or no you just fucking moved in like a dude who smokes cigarettes and builds a deck <laughs> I have to say I grew up I grew up in a suburban neighborhood and around seven years old. All of my, my mom, I was raised by a single mom, my dad, and my mom and dad had me during divorce proceedings. Which is a very interesting situation. It's a weird thing to figure out at 29, oh, I was the product of goodbye sex. That's a weird thing I now know for the rest of my life. And unfortunately my mom has taken to being, oh, she's now got control of the soundboard. I feel like I just, it was the wrong answer, God. Anyway, my mom was taken to be quite honest in her uh, later years. For example, one Christmas we were driving by a hotel and she went, oh John, that hotel's being demolished. You know, if they demolished that uh, 20-something years ago, you wouldn't be here. You were conceived in that room right there. And I wanted to drive the car off the motorway into a body of water and die. <laughs> so I found out I was the product of the basics. My parents were divorcing as my mom was pregnant and as I was being born. They apparently had a meeting one day where they both went just to be clear, we'll just raise this kid separately and we're not getting back together? And they both were like, absolutely. And the lawyers were like, God damn it, we thought we'd get another round of this. Now, Uh, so I was raised by a single mom my dad was around. But when I was about seven or eight, all of my parents' friends got all my friends' parents got divorced, and what happened was his dad moved to an apartment building that was at the edge of the neighborhood. That became like every cliched like pool dudes in their 40s, shirts off, suddenly doing the fad exercise of the early 90s, a lot of sweating to the oldies, and using a stairmaster. And then all of the moms just moved in a, a guy either named Rick or Randy. Tattoo on the arm. This was the 90s before tattoos were a thing. So this is one tattoo. Mullet. One guy had a skullet. Scullet, by the way. Mullet is uh, short hair in the front, symbolizing business. Long hair in the back, symbolizing party. Scullet is just long hair in the back, so it's still a party, but it's a sad party because the business is closed. <laughs> and, uh, and they all moved in, and they all just like were not father figures at all they just smoked in driveways drank beer in the afternoon did some diy for about eight months and then the moms were like get the fuck out of here layabout and then they moved on to happier partners obviously philip you are the second phase of that because you don't seem like you smoke nor do you seem like you have a tattoo no very reasonable man probably have a, a job in a beige office i'm going to say project manager what do you do well i was wrong very good so you consider yourself a calm parent and what about you miss you said you put your hand up as well are you a shouty parent or a calm parent pardon me what did you say oh yeah no the fuck that fuck all of them cause you are now outnumbered right which one's your favorite you have an answer you have an answer I'll pause it if you want and we're back. She said it, but we can't tell you. Now, uh, three children, that's amazing. I want like a bungload of kids because I'm a man and I don't have to shove them through my penis hole. So I, it's the entire reason. My girlfriend and I have discussed kids. I'm, I'm 32, so we're having those conversations. And she's like, two maximum. And I'm like, no, five. Because I want to be those parents. Because I've seen this. I, my friend has four sons and they have given up on that last, that last kid is literally being raised by the other three and, he, and he's just having a beer in the kitchen. I saw him, he didn't forget their names, but I asked them, what is your fourth kid's name? And he went, and he had to go through the names twice. He was like, ah, nah, 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 nah. and then I just saw fear fly over his eyes. He's like, "Oh right, right. and he said it. I'm not going to say their names because I did talk about them earlier on a previous podcast and his wife heard it and he got in a lot of trouble. <laughs> um, it was a really good story. Am I going to tell it again? Yes, I, uh, <laughs> uh, he, uh, and it wasn't that it involved her, it's just that he, uh, they don't like that I'm broadcasting certain stories from that, so I'm not going to say who it is, but basically, when he was a teenager, he, he, uh, he found on the internet uh, what rim jobs were, he found out what rim jobs were, and he was really excited about For those you don't know what rim, oh, you're 16, I'm so sorry, I have to be the one to tell you this. <laughs> um, the internet is a dark place. And because human beings have been given the internet, it has mutated sex in a way that it's gone from a very wholesome way to create beautiful children, you know, two that you love and then the third one. And now it's sort of people are using their bodies like an amusement park that's been shut down for 10 years and now it's just a bunch of creepy carnies who have thoughts and they're here to share them. And a rim job is when one very good friend, and it has to be a good friend, For those of you who know what it is, thank you, you three. I feel like I'm about to open a lot of minds. Apologies to those of you in a relationship, because one of you is going to think this is a good idea, and I guarantee the other one is going to go, absolutely not. Um, So uh, a rim job is when uh, one friend, again, has to be a good friend. uh, 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 um, How do I say this delicately for an under 18-year-old person? Um, There's a pretty good hand motion that my brain did for those of you at home I did something very creepy with my hand and some of the room laughed and other people grew even more uncomfortable <laughs> basically a one friend kisses with vigor on the other friend's asshole <laughs> the answer to all of your next question is I don't know why and I don't want to hear about it anyway my friend got super duper drunk yeah they're ch- are you just checking to make sure that that is true Oh, you guys, one of you has done that to someone. I can totally tell that. Don't shake your head. I know one of you is. listen, if you've had three kids, you get pretty bored and tired in the evening. Just walk up to your husband. Guess what you're doing tonight. I put all the kids to bed and did the laundry. So come with me. No shower, fucko. Now. She's laughing, she's laughing, and she's confused. I consider that a victory. Don't act like Stuart and Pamela aren't having some wheels turning in their head right now. You guys have probably popped your keys in a bowl and brought home a, a gentleman for a nice lark in Aberdeen, huh? <laughs> they haven't said no. They just looked at each other as if to say, he knows everything about our relationship. <laughs> uh, anyway, so he got super drunk. My buddy used to, he used to get super drunk, and he went around a party just uh, uh, demanding uh, if a woman wanted to sleep with him. Uh, rim jobs happened first. And the best part of it is he said, I'll go first, but then you have to reciprocate. And he said that finally at about four o'clock in the morning and then he fell down a flight of stairs and fell asleep at the bottom of those stairs. And I told that that story on a podcast in the context of there was a fight in our friend group because he wasn't invited to a wedding because that happened at the bride's house on New Year's Eve and she was concerned that that would happen at her wedding. And I explained that that wouldn't happen at her wedding because in his relationship, his wife does that to him on a regular basis. (laughs) so they're very very secure in that way and then that was heard and she told him could you maybe not have your friend broadcast our sexual history to the internet and I'm really sorry guys but I just did it again (laughs) but unfortunately it's very funny and it is a great story Is it not a great... By the way, in the end, he did get invited to the wedding and I tried to uh, get money collected together so we could have an auxiliary wedding cake. You know those novelty cakes you can make and I wanted to get one of a butt and just said this is for my friend's name and then have it delivered to his table during the wedding but we thought, you know what, we're on thin ice here already. We don't need to have prank cakes at someone's special day. Where was I? Oh yeah, being very good at comedy. So my parents were screamers and yellers. My mom was a bit of a yeller but my mom had a bulldog which was my grandmother i don't know if you guys i was raised in a bit of a you know i was raised with my mom and then my grandparents were kind of like the backup parents my grandfather was a very sweet nice you know he he was a, a child of scottish immigrants and there's something about scottish men that they hit about 83 and they're just like you know what i'm tired i'm looking for a chair and silence I might read a newspaper, but only the sections that are relevant to how I feel. All other questions will be regarded as stupid, but I won't say it, because that will involve energy. I'll just nod. And that's what he was. He was absolutely awesome. As a kid, I turned him on to The Simpsons, which he loved. Weirdly, he didn't like the family of The Simpsons. He liked Mr. Burns. He... (laughs) which really makes me concerned about what his parenting techniques were, that he, the man who owned a thousand monkeys typing perpetually on a thousand typewriters, you were 16, you were born after that episode, I fucking feel real (laughs) Oh, man. Because we're, we're as old as The Simpsons, and she is as old as the, when The Simpsons got really fucking... It's the fucking best, right? How was the show? Pretty good. He brought up something funny that someone else read wrote, and one guy from Mexico laughed, and the rest of the audience went, Do we have to pay for this? Indeed you do. At the end, it's free to get in. It's not free to get out. Now... It's family, family Guy is not the same It is really annoying And also they killed off Brian and they brought him right back And you know what, as a storyteller Which technically I am Because storytelling is like being a pirate You just say, I am that, and you are Guess what guys, I'm a pirate Prove that I'm not I am, I've stolen a lot of television shows off the internet Every time there is a new way to steal media I steal every me- album Metallica has ever made Just as a subtle fuck you Allow me to explain <laughs> Before the internet was everything, it just used to be a thing that you would use to find essays because you didn't feel like writing them and you just changed some of the words and hand those in. It's again you don't know about that because you're going to university at 16 and I graduated with <laughs> distinction from a drama school that was now reputable at the time, one of our teachers had a mental breakdown midway and she ran into the street. She threw off her skirt and went, "Am I not beautiful?" And we didn't see her for a year. Uh <laughs> incidentally i would have failed that class because she was very rude to me didn't it worked out well now <laughs> before that the internet the first sort of media sharing device was something called napster and you could get individual songs and a lot of musicians got very upset about this because it was a way i assume we're the same age you're remembering napster do you remember you're 28 so around this sa- you remember napster so napster happened and the only band that stood up to napster was metallica rich white men From San Francisco. How dare you make it so we're not making $11 billion this year? We'll only make... $10 $10 Entity dollars billion this year. I know that's not an actual number, but sometimes you say things for funny sake. Um, so they took a big stand. They went to the government. They petitioned them to no longer allow Napster to be created. Napster got shut down. Metallica became a great villain of the internet and still is, which is why there is always a petition that anytime Metallica puts out new music, everybody steals it to the point that Metallica has now embraced this and they just released their albums for free as a like, sorry guys, we fucked up. Oh, do we still make $100 million on the road? Yeah, we do. I think we'll be okay. Bye-bye. And so actually that's a great story so this is the biggest my mom has ever yelled at me I, um, I had a lot of friends that were uh, good at computers and my buddy John Pink great name by the way he, uh, he was a computer programmer and he my mom wanted to get wifi now before wifi was everywhere what would happen is you would install it it wouldn't work you'd break that modem out of rage and then they would send someone in my town it was called the geek squad because back before nerds were cool they were looked at kind of like how I don't know The people in Flea Bottom are looked at during Game of Thrones. Anyone? Anyone? Thank you, sir, for subtly nodding, even though I don't think you've actually watched the show. What season are you on? God bless you, sir. It's a long, hard slog before anything fucking happens. I really love Game of Thrones. Here's the problem with that show. Nothing happens for three years except for very uncomfortable tent scenes with Joffrey. By the way, Joffrey, who is in Game of Thrones, he's the really evil king. He's here right now doing a play, do yourselves a favor and just watch him walk down the street he has a rough life because fans of that show think he is that guy (laughs) and he's just a really sweet Irish guy named Jack and two years ago on the Cowgate, I saw him walking down the street and a big man came out of Bannerman's and just went Joffrey cunt fuck you (laughs) and the poor guy just sort of waved like thank you and (laughs) (laughs) the biggest my mom ever yelled was Uh, we uh We we had Wi-Fi get installed, and uh, my mom is very good with technology now, but at the time it really bewildered and confused her, and she couldn't figure out why it wasn't working because she had turned it on, but she didn't know you had to go into your computer and activate it. She just thought it was like, remember things with motors, time was, you used to be like, how does it work? Click. It works now. Now, you have to activate it over there. Then you walk over to your computer and you're like, oh, what's your Wi-Fi password? Oh, mine's Funhouse 2269. Password is Shoe Store Trump. And then you type that in and you go along with it. And time was for Wi-Fi. It was new and she couldn't figure it out and rage was boiling and boiling and boiling. And I wasn't there and I come home. I'm almost just sitting outside on the front porch there and I was like, mom, what's wrong? She just went, the fucking Wi-Fi doesn't fucking work. You are f- friends made it so all my emails will never fucking arrive. (laughs) And then I walked in and I walked over to her computer and I just clicked the thing and then Wi-Fi started working on her computer and she went, why the fuck does everything have to remind me I'll be dead soon?" And then she just marched into her room, slammed the door, and she emerged like 25 minutes later, kind of out of breath, and she went, I'm very sorry, I overreacted. I remember when a computer was the size of this house, and you put cards into it, and then they came out, and that's how you figured out if one plus one equaled two. I'm very worried for the future. And then we hugged and went and got Chinese food, and it was a nice day. But because when you're... Re- did your parents yell at you or are they very calm people? No, my mom just yelled a lot. Yelled a lot? How did you guys feel about the yelling a lot? How's it, what's it done for you in adulthood? Do you guys react well when people yell at you? We were seven. So we seven kids. You, there's seven of you? Okay, so you've dropped out. What are the other five up to? Who are your parents? Are they just like... They saw the royal tandem bombs and thought that was a good idea? I like you can tell that's the black sheep because he's not the second oldest. He's the other one. So what number are you? Number you're number four. You're number five, and then there's two more after you? I understand why your mom yelled. She forced seven babies out of her body, and probably at a certain point, your dad stopped being impressed and may not have... Yeah, I was right fucking on that one night because you both laughed and went, yeah, that's father. <laughs> are your parents still together? I really appreciate the pause and tension from the back row as you went, yeah. Why does your mom live in England and your dad live in Spain? Are you guys okay. working for... <laughs> a thousand apologies. Um, so who lives in Spain? I don't know. And your dad lives in England? And and he works in England, and Really? Yeah. That's a very strong marriage, or they've just agreed to cheat on each other and not talk about it. Yeah. I thought I would get a laugh out of that. Instead, you guys all went, those poor children. <laughs> And are you, so are any of them else, like what, so one's in languages, what does the other one do? Uh, And then what's the third one do? He's the one who does physics. He's the one who does physics, and then you're hanging out being cool. (laughs) Listen, your family may judge you, and you may feel judgment, do not feel judgment. Be a clown and a carnival worker, see the world, because while all these nerds are fixing the problems, they never once, you know, went to the Australian desert, took mushrooms, and thought all the rue was something they found. What is your plan now that you've dropped out? Uh to do like, those, that <laughs> something. Like that. Oh you guys are just a team. You're like the Avengers of nerds, aren't you? <laughs> you dropped out of birthing babies with your hands to learn the most important language of the next century? Oh you're going to be a <laughs> d- you're going to be a devil on Tinder, aren't you? Just I know how to birth a baby. I speak English, <laughs> Spanish and Chinese. What do you got? Idiot. I like how you said. Did, were you gonna check and see? How, let's see how good her Spanish is. I'm just assuming a Mexican guy speaks Spanish. That is. A, do you speak Spanish? Of course. So you can fuck off with your racial judgment then. Los Alos español. Exactly. <laughs> I like that the speaker started booing my shit Spanish. (laughs) Boo, 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 boo. What is your favorite Spanish phrase? Uh, Just throw one out there.
1: I I like, like, you know the song, like,
0: I certainly do. (laughs) (laughs) It's fucking banging. By the way, (laughs) That song is crazy. It's about a falcon and people are getting murdered everywhere, left, right, and center. I don't know why that is your come and get it song, but it is fucking banging. Just, and there's a falcon and he's been murdered and there's a thousand things that are dead. Hope is nothing. Trump will destroy us. We are all soon to cry. Like, that's the actual words, right? It was a very prophetic song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You all can fuck off with your judgment. <laughs> the Racha is about a falcon, right? The so all uh, the revolutionary period, like, a century, so not that far off from the joke I was making was it hmm. yeah see yeah I just know that because of a book that a friend of mine was reading and he told me about it but still I know that information and you uh, sorry I didn't catch your name Katie. Katie and what is your favorite phrase in Spanish a word can be a phrase she's in university at 16 I'm just going to go with whatever she says <laughs> Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I need that at this festival. It's TV week here. TV week means all the TV people have shown up, which means there'll be the artist bars wearing blazers with T-shirts and bright Nike shoes, trying not to pay for drinks, even though they all have expense accounts. And also they ordered alcohol specifically by name brand, and I don't know why that bothers me, but it really does. When someone's like, Grey Goose and Soda, I want to throw acid in their face. (laughs) It's just, I don't know what it is. It's just one of those things. We all have those weird nitpicky, odd things that set us off. And that's the one thing when someone's like, I'll have a Jack Daniels and Coke. And it's like, it's Jack Daniels. You're not drinking that for the taste. You're drinking it because you murdered a man and you need to forget. Uh, Jack Daniels. You'll learn in university. Avoid anyone who is holding a bottle of Jack Daniels because that human being wants to start a fight with something either real and imaginary. See how he's from a land that created tequila and he can look down on Jack Daniel's drinkers. Cause here's what the people of Mexico very smartly did. They gave us all the bad tequila that you do in a shot that you have to lick like salt and lemon. If you get good sipping tequila, it's like honey from Jesus's tit that's been filtered through God's shoes. Like, ah, the day is a little easier. Am I right? Yeah. <laughs> Oddly, the best tequila I've ever had is, uh, was made by a man named Sammy Hagar. Sammy Hagar was in a band called Van Halen. Van Halen was. Bands are like a group of guys that make rock music. Rock music was like rap, but with guitars and far fewer black people. <laughs> it's not a criticism, it's just accurate of what rock music was. There was literally. There was a band called In Living Color, and the joke was they're the only black rock band, and the joke persists. There's like them. Isaac Hayes, kind of. Chuck Berry, and that's fucking it. Rock music isn't racist, but... Anyway, so... Sammy Hagar. So Van Halen was a great rock band in that all of their songs for the first minute are fucking awesome, and then all you can think is, turn this off, it's boring and annoying. And their lead singer was a man named David D- Diamond David Lee Roth. Excuse me. <coughs> and he was the biggest lunatic that music has ever seen. He stopped being a musician to go be a paramedic in Tokyo for 10 years, and then he uses now his rock royalty music to make kung fu movies that star himself, and he puts them out on YouTube. Do your fucking selves a favor. They are awesome. I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, I want to watch a movie that has no plot and a man in his 60s attempting to kick. David Lee Roth Karate Movie on YouTube. Get ready to be confused by how much money Van Halen made. David Lee Roth left Van Halen the reason being David Lee Roth is a dick and we can't live with him anymore so they hired a man named Sammy Hagar Sammy Hagar became the lead singer of Van Halen did it for five years people didn't like it as much they brought David Lee Roth back in Sammy Hagar went on to be a tequila magnet and is near a billionaire now because he bought an area of the region of yeah but it's Calisco and it's the province of (laughs) <laughs> In Calisco, yes. Tequila yeah, you know, Tequila's and, and, and it has to be from that town, if not... From the area of Calisco, the state of Calisco. You may know how time started, but I know stuff about booze. Uh, and he did that, and he is now a billionaire, and recently sponsored a Van Halen reunion tour, clearly as a fuck you to the band. Now, ladies and gentlemen, the show is now concluded. I so appreciate your time. I will be at the back with a bucket. Put your money in it. Now, it's a weird bucket in that when change goes into it, it reacts negatively to it. So we're looking for folded bills. And I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, I haven't laughed a lot. But you've learned a lot. And also, you sat in a room with someone who will later map Mars. (laughs) Thank you so much for your time. Enjoy the rest of your French. I'll see you later. (laughs) Bye-bye.